Hey everyone, welcome back to This is Steph Sober, the podcast. I'm your host, Steph, an ex-binge drinker who is now a sober lifestyle blogger, as well as a wife and mother. In this episode, I chat with Mary from Mary Makes Muscles. She is a sober fitness coach whose passion lies in helping women tap into not only their physical strength, but mental strength and self-confidence. Mary believes that as women, we already struggle for power and that sobriety can open up so many possibilities for us. I know after chatting with Mary, I feel her passion come through and it is awe-inspiring. Check the show notes for ways to connect with Mary, as well as a link to her podcast, where she gives valuable fitness and nutrition advice. So without further ado, this is Mary Sober. (laughs) How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy it's Friday. Me too. Yeah. Fridays are a lot of times my day off. So I have the day off today. So happy it's Friday also. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good day to take off, I think, on Fridays. It's nice. Get a head start on the weekend, get a lot done. So all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know that we've like been in each other's orbit through Eric and Linda, which in case anybody doesn't know, I'm speaking of Eric Roberts with Eric Roberts Fitness. And then Linda's his assistant coach, who is also my um, trainer, my one-on-one trainer. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been working out with her since I think June. Nice. nice. Yeah. My concept of time is so off this year, but, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, so that's how you and I've connected, but we've never chatted about, so we know each other through the fitness world, but we've never chatted about sobriety together. And so I'm excited to hear about your story. Yeah, thank you. I think I heard you on Eric's podcast with yeah. Eric and Linda, and that's kind of how I found you and started to follow you. So I really enjoyed hearing your story too. It's fun to hear other people's stories and to kind of share. It's very inspiring and it makes you feel, I don't know if I want to say normal, but it makes you just, when you get sober, especially for my situation where everyone around me was still is still drinking, Um, Mm -hmm. It can be very lonely and you sometimes feel like, am I crazy for doing this? Is this too extreme? Even though inside, you know, it's what your body needs and like you're done and you don't want that for yourself anymore. And so, yeah, to find other people and hear that they're going through it just keeps you on the right track. I feel like. Definitely. I found that too. Um, Also in my life, I'm really one of the only sober people I know in real life. Uh, So it's been really helpful to find like this online community and online space where you see there's a sober movement out there and you can be part of it. And just that you're not the only one and you're not alone, like you said. Yeah. 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 So how long have you been sober? I will be two years on November 29th. So it's, it's getting up there. I feel really good about that. I, I'm, I love it. Like just nothing makes me happier. It's the most important thing in the world to me with all the changes I've made in my life. Like sobriety is always comes first and it's the number one thing and what I'm most proud of for sure. Yeah. Cause I feel too, especially with fitness, I could never be where I'm at on my fitness journey. If I didn't stay sober Mm-hmm. I have always been into fitness, but it has never stuck. 
and I've never been consistent until I took alcohol out of the equation. And the whole time I was like fighting an uphill battle because I wanted to keep alcohol. I wanted to find a way to still be a drinker and be physically fit, build muscle. I was just working against myself. Um, Tell me a little bit about how fitness and sobriety kind of like came together for you. Like, tell me a little bit about your backstory before getting sober. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I started my fitness journey, the one I'm on now, the one that's been successful in like April of 2020. So it's been about 30 months now, actually, I'm at like 30 full months of this strength training thing. And before that, like you, you know, I always wanted to still be able to go out and drink at night and, you know, kind of have the best of both worlds where you're still drinking, but trying to get super fit and trying to lose weight. Uh, For me, a lot of it was about weight loss at the beginning, not just getting stronger, because I did have a significant amount of weight to lose going into it. Um, So it was always just kind of my crutch, you know, just not feeling good enough to work out. Um, Drinking kind of led to a lot of overeating for me, because when I, you know, when you drink, you don't make good decisions about food. And that was a huge problem for me. Um, you know, the typical not drinking, not eating while you drink, because you want to just focus on drinking, at least I did, and, you know, get that buzz and not have food get in the way. (laughs) But then uh, that really catches up to you because you need to eat. So then you're, you know, you've drank too much, and you're picking foods that aren't best and just overeating in general. So that was a big part of it for me. Um, But then Once I started to work with Eric at the time, with Eric Roberts, which was in April of 2020 online, I trained with him in person for a few years, for like over a year. But honestly, that year leading up to it was before I stopped drinking. And it was one of the hardest years of my life. And probably the time where I was drinking the most was when I was working with him in person too. So, but then, you know, when the COVID hit, and I don't know what it was but something in me just really like buckled down um I really just wanted to improve at that point I became really focused and the first six months that I was working with him online and strength training and starting my journey I was still drinking during that time um and still kind of trying to do that get both in and the best of both worlds thing um but it became less appealing oh as i the more I strength trained and the more I focused on getting fit, just drinking kind of lost its appeal to me completely. Um, So I started in April with him. And then I can remember that that following June was the last time I really got drunk, like to the point where I was just like, you know, a, a drunk shit show, like that June was the last time. And then I finally stopped drinking in November. Uh, I kind of spent that summer just weaning off of it and slowly backing away from alcohol, but, but doing so with no like pressure on myself, like I had to do it, or you, you must stop now. Like it was just kind of a gradual backing away from it. There was no like, boom, I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm quitting cold Turkey. It just kind of, I slowly backed away. I went from drinking every day to drinking four times a week to drinking once every two weeks until I think between like September and November when I quit, I maybe drank twice. Like I had like two nights where I had some drinks. So it really was for me just slowly giving it up. It wasn't just 
overnight cold turkey or anything. So I don't know if that's the case for a lot of people or if my story is different in that way. I know everyone's story is different. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It almost sounds like all these healthy things that you were introducing just kind of like squeeze the alcohol out yeah. of your life. Like there was no, by the time you probably implemented all these things that you were learning in your fitness journey, there was just sounds to me like there just wasn't room for alcohol anymore. Like it just didn't make sense. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, you know, the healthier I was eating, the better I was starting to feel, the more I was strength training, I was liking the way my body changed and just drinking didn't support any of that. And I really think, and I've, I've said this to clients I work with before, like we're all 100% something. There's a, only so much room, so many things that can comprise us. So if you fill it with good habits and with healthy habits, you can take away from those bad ones. And that's really what worked for me. It wasn't like, a, you know, I wasn't told I had to stop or anything like that. It just didn't work for me anymore. And it wasn't what I wanted. I was starting to feel better. And I noticed that alcohol didn't align with that at all. And gosh, I don't miss it at all. I've been really blessed, you know, with my sobriety, like I don't, I'm not tempted to drink in any way. Um, I don't take that for granted and I'm grateful for it, but I haven't, I can be around alcohol. I don't like being around alcohol, but I can be, and it yeah. doesn't bother me. It's not like, I'm like, no, I can't go to that. They'll be drinking. Like I, it doesn't impact me at all. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Has it, was it like that right away for you? Or do you feel like now that you're two years in, that's where you're at? Or do you always feel like when that November hit and you kind of had your last you know, a couple drinks or whatever, you just never craved it since then. Yeah, I've really never craved it since then. Wow. I, I've been around it since day one, you know, with mm -hmm. family and friends going to parties. And I just I was, I was done. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember the last beer I had, I was at a brewery, and it was like a Sunday afternoon. And I was the last two years I drank, all I drank was beer. Um, the 10 years before that, where I was drinking a ton then too, I drank liquor, but I gave up the liquor and switched to all beer. And I think that was the beginning of me wanting to stop drinking, honestly, mm -hmm. that long ago. Um, I was just kind of opening my eyes to it, but I wasn't ready at that point. So just switching to beer was enough. But the last time I drank, I had one sip of my beer and I just I put it down and I just said, I never, I don't want this. Like I never want to drink again. Like, and, and that was it. I really, I have not looked back since like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And like you said, it has to feel so like such a blessing to be someone that just was able to just be like, this is not for me because there are so many people in the sober community that still struggle with, mm -hmm. you know, cravings and, um, I don't know if I really had a lot of cravings in the beginning of sobriety. For me, it was more habitual. So I got sober December 26th and I just remember being at places and going like in my mind, thinking about getting up and going to the fridge or to the cooler to grab a drink, even though I didn't want the drink because yeah. that's what stopped me. I'm like, I don't, I don't drink anymore. I don't want that. It was just like the habit because I did it so much. Definitely. So I think that was more my struggle was forming new habits, forming new rituals, doing, dif doing things differently so that I didn't just kind of like fall into that. But yeah, it's, it's wild. Like to think about how ingrained it can be 
especially when you drink for years and years and years. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I started drinking when I was 14. How early of an age did you start drinking alcohol? I was about 16, um, probably 16, maybe close to 17. Um, and I started and when I started that, it was it like I, I was a drinker then, like from there on any kind of a social event or anything I was doing, alcohol was involved. So stopping at I guess I was 36. When I stopped drinking, I'm, okay. I might have that off a little bit. I'm 38 now. Um, but I think I was 36. So basically, my entire adult life, I've been a drinker, all I've known is drinking, I so it's really getting to know yourself mm-hmm. all over again, when you stop. And it is scary, like it, it's hard, uh, you do feel very alone. I will say that, but it's worth it too, just because often what you find is pretty amazing when you take the time to find yourself and to give it up. It is so amazing to find yourself. And to finally love yourself. Because for me, when I started drinking at 14, it was my freshman year of high school. I came from a very small school to a very big high school. I wanted to fit in. And that's Mm -hmm. what the people that I wanted to fit in with were doing. And that's how I transformed into who they needed me to be, which leads into people pleasing. And it was just this facade I drank Mm -hmm. to be who everyone else needed me to be. And I just abandoned myself. And now that I'm sober, like you said, I, I found myself, which was scary because I'm Mm -hmm. like, who is she? I love her. She's, she's awesome. And I like to be alone with her. And I like the way she thinks now I had horrible, Mm -hmm. horrible thoughts all the time before I quit drinking in my mind. And it is. It's oh, wild yes. how that one thing, what, what it was doing to your brain and your self-esteem and your inner dialogue. And you did, you, that's not, you thought it drink, you know, for me, I thought drinking was what was going to help that. So I thought I was broken. Like, yeah, this isn't even helping, you know, but I didn't blame it on the alcohol. I blamed it on me. And that's what it does. It wants you to, you know, want it and, yep. and hate yourself in a sense. Yeah. And really doubt yourself completely. Yeah. And I think when you start, you start that young, it really is all, you know, you know, I started just to kind of party, you know, with your friends mm-hmm. on the weekends, and then you keep doing that through college. And I think in your mind, at least I thought one day I'll, I'll be a grown up and I won't drink yeah. like this anymore, but <laughs> it never really stopped. Like I kept doing it until I was 35 years old. So it just stayed too long at the party, I guess, but some people, I guess, can, not do that. But for me, it just wasn't the case at all. And I used it, you know, to fit in to numb pain for all of those things when really it just caused more pain Mm -hmm. and just, you know, held me back in so many ways. So it's really been so grateful for the past two and a half years that I've been able to do this. I, if you would have told me like five or six years ago that I would be someone who didn't drink, I would have never believed you. Like I, I wouldn't, it was just too much of who I was like too, like socially with my family, with my friends, it's just a big part of my circle. And not, and my family and friends have been wonderfully accepting. Like, it's not like they're like mad. I don't drink or anything. They, they, they're fine. Like they've been awesome. So if that's something that, you know, that like holds people back. And I've heard that is that they don't know how their social life would go. For me, it, 
I do have more time to myself. There is more quiet time, but I'm still able to go out and socialize. It hasn't impacted my relationships at all. It, they're better, if anything, because I'm able to be me. Yeah. yeah. I love to hear that. Did people say when you, I mean, cause your drinking wasn't just like, bam, I'm quitting now. Like something big happened to force you to quit. It was more of a gradual. So do you think because it was more of a, of a gradual thing, people, you know, just got used to the idea or were there people that were kind of surprised? Like, Oh really? You're not going to drink anymore. Definitely more surprised because the grad, the gradual part of it wasn't really visible because a lot of the major drinking I did was by myself and in private and hidden. So to the outside person, it just, it didn't seem like I was drinking less. Um, I was really good at hiding it when I was drunk. Like it was, I, I think it was a protection mechanism because I knew that if people knew I wouldn't be able to do it as mm-hmm. much. So I was very skilled at not making it obvious, which isn't a good thing, but I, I could really pull it off really, really very good at it. So when I'd stopped, yes, it was extremely shocking to people. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't something people expected at all, but I like to think they're proud of me, you know, and that's oh, sure. I hope I'm sure it shows. I mean, everything about me has changed since I've stopped drinking my confidence and just my happiness. I'm more at peace and physically like uh, unbelievable transformation physically just from my consistency that I've been able to build with my nutrition and with my workout since I stopped drinking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen, I follow your Instagram and I've seen your posts, like your before and your after, obviously I didn't know you before, but (laughs) just the pictures alone, it's just amazing. Your transformation. Um, Do you want to talk about that journey a little bit and like what, cause here's something that Linda brought up to me the other day um, in one of my emails. I've been really good since quitting drinking and and starting this workout program. She commented that I've been really good about staying balanced with my lifestyle, meaning a lot of people who quit an addiction take on fitness then as the new addiction. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have a time where you felt like, Oh, this might become, or this might be becoming like a little unhealthy now. Have you ever felt that way with your fitness or do you feel like it, it's just been a really good balance? I feel like I have a really good balance. Um, I'm definitely very committed to my fitness, but I, with Eric and Linda's training that I do with them, I work out four times a week. I go to the gym four days a week and that's it. So it's not like I'm there doing two a days, seven days a week. Those other three days, I'm resting, I'm focusing on sleeping in, I'm going for walks, um, I'm doing other healthy things for myself that aren't just, you know, intense workouts and intense training. So I can see where people would think like, oh, you just replaced your alcohol with a fitness addiction, but it's far from that. I spend a lot of time, you know, cooking and reading. There's a lot of balance. Um, only tra- not only training, but training four times a week really does allow for that. So I'm not in a mm-hmm. place where I feel like I have to just grind and do it all the time. Um, you know, I've, I have taken on new habits, like I said, because we're all 100% something we have to fill them, fill that time yeah. somehow. 
So, you know, I do study fitness more. It's definitely become my passion, Mm -hmm. but I would in no way say that I'm obsessed or doing it all the time because I just value my rest too much. You know, I'm like, I'm too old to work out seven (laughs) days a week. I I need to get some rest in too. So I definitely take that seriously and rest plenty. So it's it's a nice balance. Yeah, because it can turn into something unhealthy if you're not resting. And that is one thing now that I am doing a proper strength training program, as Eric would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I actually just switched to th- a three day. Like this was my I'm on a deload week and this was my first week of three day only because okay. my daughter's an all star cheer and my weekends are going to be full of travel. And so three days just works way better for me right now. And I love, I just love the flexibility of that too. Definitely. But the whole rest thing is so important, not just when you're doing strength training, but in recovery and sobriety yeah. and it just goes hand in hand. And I, but I can totally see where people would replace one for the other and it become very unhealthy and I think that's why it's really important to hire a trainer. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I always tell people, if you quit drinking, think about all the money that you spent drinking. Oh gosh. (laughs) You know, that's going to pay for a trainer and then some, and and some equipment, (laughs) you know, like reinvest that money in yourself and do it right. Because I think a lot of people have the wrong mindset and they'll just jump in and maybe they'll just like doing like they're trying to undo all the damage alcohol did or, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're trying to get to that finish line too quickly. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Have you ever ran into that with it? Because I know you do one on one training, correct? Yes. Yeah. And I like you, I the three or four times a week like we do, I think is just perfect for finding that balance. And when you hire a coach, when you hire a trainer, you have someone there telling you that you're doing enough, like that it's okay to rest, that it's okay, you know, to give yourself a day off, that you don't constantly need to be, you know, pushing yourself and hustling and getting more and more and more done because rest is so important. I was just talking to a client about this this morning. um, And I'm sure you've run into this working with a coach too. Like she emailed me that she was feeling guilty because she slept in and she didn't get out for her walk. But I know that she had an exhausting week and sometimes rest is the best thing you can do for yourself. And if you're getting sober and you're just, you know, obsessed with fitness on the other side, just to counteract it, you're really missing out on the peace side of it that comes with getting sober, just being able to find peace and to truly rest. So having an advocate and someone reminding you of that is just huge to have someone in your corner helping you with that. I completely agree there. And working with Eric and, you know, Linda's his assistant coach, um, I, it's just, it's so important to have people on your side rooting for you. And that's really what a coach or a trainer will do. Yeah. And it's the accountability and it is a huge confidence booster in itself. Cause sometimes we don't see the progress the same way, mm-hmm. like even, mm-hmm. ugh, I hate progress photos. And I know I'm not <laughs> the only one who has said this. But Linda mm-hmm. always pushes me and I'll send them and I'll be annoyed. And she does a really good job of like, you know, putting the other one side by side. I don't bother doing that. I just take them. I don't even want to look yeah, at it. I just like, take them and phone. I'm like, send them and delete <laughs> yeah. them. 
but I'm so grateful for that because when she looks at it with her lens and points those things out, it, it does. It's a huge confidence booster. And it's something that I would have never, I would never take the time to do for myself because of my own, you know, head and the way yeah. we look at ourselves, we always automatically go to the negative. So yeah, it's you'll just, be grateful you have those pictures down yeah. the road. So Linda's right there, of course. <laughs> when you're looking back in a couple of years, you'll be really grateful you have those dark yeah. pictures because it really does feel good. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's what I keep telling myself. And it's like, this is this is not the end game. Like this mm-hmm. is for life. And because I I want to move forward and be strong for this basically second act, like the second half of my life, I'm 42. Mm -hmm. And I spent that first half, like, as a child, not knowing a lot of things, and then drinking a lot. And so I feel like with age comes wisdom. And I want to tap into that and make the best, the best part of my life ahead of me is the way I look at it. So yeah, I totally get that. And it's like, since I've stopped drinking, it's almost like you feel, I don't want to say young again, but like you do have your whole life in front of you. Like I used to think like, oh, 35, like I'm so old, like, you know, and now I'm just like, I have years and years just to improve and, you know, really just getting started. So that's been kind of just a renewed hope and renewed energy that's come with it also. Yeah. Very grateful for that. Yeah. You're actually the first person I've talked to that's been sober this long, like had a conversation with, and there's something that I've seen on sober Instagram people post and and it's, I'm not going to be directly quoting it, but it's something about, you know, your first year in sobriety is about creating a sober life. Like you're just trying to get through each day, each milestone and like recreate the wheel, like what life's going to look like now. And then they say the second year is about living it. Is there truth in that? Or, I mean, I know everyone's journey is different, but do you think that that was true for you or, or not? I think there, there's definitely a tremendous amount of comfort that comes with hitting that one year mark and being in your second year. And being able to look back at events and say, I was sober for this last year, like whether it be New Year's or, you know, a beach vacation you do every year, just to know you got through it sober last year too, is definitely really uh, comforting. I, you know, I, I'm very protective of my schedule and of my sobriety and of just sticking to my routine. I think that's really important for me. So I uh, definitely do live life. I, I enjoy everything I do, but I'm also, I'm like I said, really protective of my sobriety. Like I don't, I don't let a lot of things like penetrate my circle quite yet. Like um, I really do guard it because it's so important to me. Um, so I'm definitely not at a place yet. Maybe I will be where I'm like exploring new relationships and just trying to um, take on a lot of new things. So I understand when people say that, um, definitely living life more I've done, you know, I've been skydiving and just like, like stuff like that. And just like powerlifting and just getting into like different adventures like that. Um, but I do 
protect my sobriety more than anything. Like, and I'm just so grateful for it. Like there are days where, and I've never experienced this before in my life where I'm just like overwhelmed with like joy and gratitude to the point where I could literally cry about it. Like, I'm just like, like it like explodes for me. Like, and I don't really have lows that counteract it either. Like I'm generally really happy and really at peace. And it's such a, an amazing feeling. But there are times where I'm just like, how do I feel this good? <laughs> like, and I know that it, that's what it's from, just removing alcohol from my life. It's changed it in every way. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I encourage it for all people. Like, I know I'm not in charge, but I really don't think it it's advantageous for anyone, uh, anyone to drink. Like, I just, it's not better, like in any situation. It's I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I have made comments to people in my circle. <clears throat> who still drink and you know I've I've got one friend in particular who has made comments that he wants to quit but he's like I can't and I just feel like well of course you can't because you're saying you can't like that's mm-hmm. but I always tell him you know me if it was horrible and it sucked I wouldn't I would have went back to drinking I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, and there's so many of us who were lives of the party. We like to hang out with people. We like to socialize and drink that we've never gone back. Like it, yeah. it, life didn't suck life. Actually, like you said, I have these bouts of joy. I have never felt in my entire life, probably because I started drinking so young. I, I, it is, it's overwhelming. Like you welt up and you're like, why am I so happy? Like I could see like a sunset and I'm like, yeah, overjoyed yeah. with the beauty <laughs> yeah. you, like, of it. Like, coming out of your eyes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. And until you experience it. And I think you have to be away from alcohol for, for a while to start experiencing that. I think I didn't start experiencing that until at least between the 30 and 60 day mark. Yeah. Yeah. But when you, when those moments hit, you're like, oh, this is what life's about. This is why we're here. Like, yeah, I'm supposed (laughs) to feel this way. This is what I was looking for in alcohol. And it never delivered that. No, not at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. This is really like how good it can be. And I do have more of those moments now because I remember the first, especially like between six months and 12 months. I used to, I was having a lot of dreams about drinking. Like, mm. And I think that's pretty common where I, I would drink. And I remember waking up from those dreams and there's that second where you think you really did it. And just like the utter despair I would feel for those few seconds before I realized that it wasn't real, like the panic and like the, you know, just being scared that I had really done it. So I, I think of those dreams like as a blessing because they showed yes. me how bad I wanted this and how awful I would feel if it really happened because it was just pure sadness, like just defeated if yeah. I would have those dreams and I don't have them anymore. I'm not going to say I'll never have them again, but it's definitely really few and far between. I probably haven't had it in over four months now, four or five months, I would say, but there was a time where they were really frequent. And I think other people in the sober community experience that too. I've taught, I have, I have clients who are newly sober and which I love. I love helping women that are sober curious and finding fitness. It's my, I love when they come to me for help. And we've talked about that before. 
just that feeling and those dreams that you have and how scary they are. Yeah. But I think you hit the nail on the head on why they happen because that's exactly how I felt about them. I only had two. That was enough. Mm-hmm. The first one I woke up crying because yeah. in my dream at the end of it, I realized what had that I was drinking. And in my dream, I was like, wait, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yep. <laughs> and I started crying and I woke up crying and I really, I'm all about subconscious and all of that, but I really do think it is our subconscious mind reminding us, Hey, this is what it would feel like if you went back to it. Like it I needs know, to unreal. give us that reminder mm-hmm. and thank God it ain't real, you know, cause it is, it's so, it's like, this is how I would feel. And so I use that now, that feeling, that knowing I use that now, anytime I'm around alcohol, you know, because it's just like, I don't want to feel that way. I really don't. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And I, I haven't like ventured down the road at all of like alcohol free drinks, like um, Mm. alcohol free beer or alcohol free wine or anything. I know a lot of people do, but even for me, like, I feel like I was just, I was too far gone with alcohol, I think, to ever even taste it again. So I know everyone's different in that regard. Uh, I'm always curious to hear like how other, because most people I know that have given up drinking do drink like alcohol-free wine and alcohol-free beer. Do you drink those? I do. And actually though, it's new because in the beginning I was like what you said. So here was my thought. I don't really recall ever really drinking this stuff because I really enjoyed the taste of it. I enjoyed the numbing out of it. So I thought to myself, why would I want to like in my brain? I'm like, why would I want to drink it? And then further along, this was probably within the last couple months, honestly, I just got really curious about it and I felt confident. I think the difference too, was I felt more confident in my sobriety and I felt more confident about being triggered. And um, the first one I tried was uh, Bush Light. Okay. Non alcoholic, <laughs> because that's what my husband and I used to drink. Um, and it tastes just like Bush Light. Yeah. Okay. What I have noticed, I only drink one. And it's all I drink. I, I don't want another. I, sometimes I just, for some reason would be like, I just want to taste a beer. So that's why I did it. And yeah, I would only have one. And I think it's because I know it's not going to give me what I used to use it for. So I only need to have one. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's satisfied wanting to taste the flavor. I think the reason I would always drink more and more and more is because I was trying to get that buzz. Yeah. And the same thing for alcohol. Yeah. The same thing for alcohol free wine. I just started Um, I've only tried one brand it's called Shirley Mm -hmm. and it's actually really good. And I haven't ventured out to really any others. Um, I don't, I don't go buy it in the store. And the reason for that is it's, it's with the rest of the alcohol and that bothers me. Okay. It really bothers me. I bought a six pack of alcohol free beer. It was, it was bad because I was, I, first of all, it was really hard to find. It was actually in between the regular beer, like in the cooler I, it, I was super uncomfortable. I don't know what it yeah. was, but I was like, what if someone sees me here and they know I'm sober and then they freak out and they're like, oh my gosh, I saw Steph and she's, she's buying out, you know, like there's yeah, just all these yeah. like thoughts going through my head. And then I'm like, and what if 
I don't grab the right one and I don't read the label right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. it was just a whole thing. And I'm like, I told my husband, I'm like, they need to do this better. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. I understand that for the supply, the suppliers are the same people that make the beer with the alcohol or the ones that also make the non-alcoholic. So it's probably just easier to put everything together. But anyway, yeah, back definitely. to my story. <laughs> so I like Shirley for alcohol-free wine. Same thing I noticed. I used to be able to guzzle wine, like yeah. one glass of wine from Shirley will last me two to three hours. I actually like sip it, enjoy the flavor of it. The enjoy, taste, yep. Yeah. Enjoy kind of like just the thought of like having a pretty glass next to me and like yeah, that, that everything sense, that comes totally. with it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's probably how a normal drinker would drink wine to be yeah. honest. And I'm curious, I might try it soon yeah. just because like you said, I do feel really confident and comfortable in my sobriety mm-hmm. enough to where I think I could just try it just to see how I feel after yeah. I have that sip and how, how I react to it. So it's definitely a road I might go down just to see what it's like, but it's just taken me a little longer to get there. I think Yeah, <laughs> to each yeah. their own, but if you do, you'll have to let me know what you think or oh, I will. how your yeah. experience and I was, was. A, I was a beer person, so I would probably mm-hmm. not do the wine, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting me know. I'm always yeah. curious to hear. What <laughs> There's so many those. too. I can't mm-hmm. get over how many, and I love that. Um, I love the, the movement. I feel like there's a huge movement and, um, mm-hmm. especially on Instagram. Uh, I just, I love being a part of it. Like you said, and like, just, there's so many people that are so willing to just put themselves out there, put their experiences out there and we can all learn so much from it. And then like, we're all just having a voice and speaking up and, mm-hmm it's going to get loud. And I think, I hope so. Yeah. That's that's what I want. Like I always say, I want the next generation, like the kids now to like, look at alcohol, kind of how we look at like smoking, you know, like, Oh, you shouldn't smoke. Like it's bad. Like I I wish there was a way to, to move it along further and make that the way because, you know, I would want that for my nieces and nephews just to not Mm -hmm. live in a world where it's so normalized just Mm -hmm. to get drunk and to drink at social events, especially for women. Oh, that's a Mm. whole different topic for me, just how it's marketed towards women. And it really does take our power away in so many ways. And we already struggle for power in the world. And just alcohol just diminishes it even more by not letting us be our best selves. And if we could just do anything for women's rights, I want to tell women, like, stop drinking, like, we take over the world, then, (laughs) like, we really could, which is what the world needs, in my opinion. (laughs) Absolutely. I feel that's where we're at at this point. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, think about how vulnerable it makes you to be a Mm -hmm. woman who gets blackout drunk, and the, the things that it does for your safety. Mm -hmm. Um, on top of the fact that it just numbs your brain and it takes away so much of your confidence, your creativity. I, I have so much creativity and so many ideas that there's days I just, I I can't even keep up with myself (laughs) and to go from like, just totally like brain, like all I, when I was a drinker, all I needed to do was get through the day and get my daughter to school and get her picked up and like get the house in order and then make it through dinner. And then I could just sit down and have that wine. And it's like, it's like, you're a prisoner to it. And there's so many women that do that and wear it as a badge. And they're so proud of like the mommy wine culture. And 
<laughs> they think that's what it what it's all about. And it's like, oh, we have so many intelligent women that we could tap into if they could just, you know. Yeah, there really is put so it much down. more. Mm-hmm. Like I felt, I feel like I spent, you know, 15 years of my adult life just in the same place because of alcohol, just mm-hmm. not moving forward in any way. Because like you said, that was kind of the end goal of every day, you know, to get through all your, your chores, get through the obligations so that you could have that drink so that you could relax and have it when really, if it's not there, it just opens up so many possibilities for your day and your, your time and your money. Like you said, money yeah. is unbelievable. <laughs> like I, since I just, I don't struggle with money at all anymore because no. I'm just, I'm making better decisions. You know, there Amazon's on your phone. And if you've had a few drinks, oh, yeah. you might look the next morning and be like, what the hell did I buy? <laughs> like, So, you know, you only return so much of it. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely made a big difference with that too. It just opens up so many opportunities. It does. And I see so many people talk about finding like their passions and things. I just remember always thinking and being jealous of people who found their passion and found like their vocation or, or just really loved life. Mm -hmm. And looking back now, those people weren't drinking, you know, like when you really think about it and you like dig into who they were, drinking was not part of their identity. And I never saw it that way at the time, but I do now. But now that I removed the alcohol, like I am finding what I really love. Like there was a time though, I would sit and just be like, I don't know what I like to do. You know, people were like, find what you love and make a career of it. And I'm like, the hell does that mean? I mean, (laughs) no idea what they mean. I know (laughs) I like to drink wine. What do I do with that? You know, it was like, that was all I knew. And now it's like, Oh, I get it now. Like all this stuff makes sense. So you're so right. Like you just think about all the women that we could, we could uh, tap into and, and they could create things and be powerful leaders that we need. And yeah, that's really what I'm trying to do. Like I really, in coaching and just in my passion for fitness, I have found it. And I, I want other people to see that they can too. Like it's never too late. Uh, it is possible to change and really just focus on you and just live your best life. As they say, you know, just do yeah. your very best. And so that's what I've been trying to do. And I'm just so glad I found my passion because like you said, I never even knew what people meant when they would say that. I just no concept of what that would feel like mm-hmm. at all until you're able to really find yourself and get to know yourself. That's when it happens. And alcohol definitely stands in the way of that. Mm-hmm. I think for anyone. And I think it also stands in the way of empowering others because I am when you're confident with yourself, especially as a woman, you also then want, like you said, you want other women to feel what you're feeling and you want to lift them up and you want them to be confident too. Mm -hmm. And when alcohol was involved, my self-confidence was so low. There was a lot of jealousy in women that had their shit together. And there was a lot of judgment against them. Oh, they don't drink or, oh, whatever it may be. And it was really a negative place to be in mentally. And it's a place that I think as a society, we need to get out of that. Like we need to be as women, we need to quit being jealous and like 
envious and we need to start building each other up because we are super strong. Yeah. Yeah. Together stronger and just supporting each other and, you know, really realizing that. And I would think the same thing, like, well, she has all of her shit together and she doesn't drink like kind of like a must be judging me, but really when you're just judging yourself in that Mm -hmm. situation, it's, it's nothing to do with the other person. And honestly, I can say all I want is for other women to succeed and just feel good and, you know, be happy and build themselves up. So that's why I do what I do. And I, I just believe it's so possible, like for anyone, no matter where you are, because God knows I have been to the bottom. I know what it's like, like, it was bad for a lot of years, like Mm -hmm. really bad. Like, I mean, I went to bed, I could think prop for years straight every night blacked out, like not Mm -hmm. even remembering the next, like I was, it was bad. Like, Mm -hmm. And to think that I lived like that is just unbelievable. So, you know, if you're not where I was at, like you, you don't have as far to dig out like as I did. So it's definitely possible because it was really bad for a, a long time and a lot of years, just scary stuff, putting my life in danger, mm. putting other people's lives in danger. Just, I'm so grateful to still be here and just to, to be okay and to be safe finally, because it took yeah. a lot. <laughs> and I don't know how it happened. Like I'm not a religious person. Like I'm not like, but I have to, I have to credit God and mm-hmm. a higher power for getting me out mm-hmm. of there. Cause it was not just me. Like I couldn't have done it on my own. It was unbelievable. Like it, yeah. it really is. It's very humbling. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I work so hard. And that's why I bring my best every day because I just, I don't take it for granted. Like that I was given this chance at all. Like really it's, incredibly grateful. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And it's just, I'm with you. I'm not super religious, but I am very, I would call myself very spiritual. I do believe that there's, mm-hmm. you know, universe, God source guiding us. We just have to be willing to be open to that and see the signs and listen. And yeah, sometimes the signs are really shitty, (laughs) but however they get through, they get through. And it, and when they do, and you, you wake up and you realize like, this is not why I'm here. This is not what I was meant to do. Um, that's when life can really start to open up and new opportunities and your best life can unfold. Yeah, totally. So just, I hope it continues to unfold. I know, you know, just keep putting the work in. And like I said, I don't take a day for granted. Just, I have to do what got me here. I can't just stop because then you don't know what will happen. You have to keep trying, plugging along, being grateful, doing Mm -hmm. all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing amazing. Um, all your info I got it this morning. We'll be going in the show notes so people can, uh, reach out to you for coaching. Um, I'm sure you're open to people just reaching out for sobriety support and conversation. Definitely, I would I, love I, it. Yeah. I was gonna say, I don't think I've met a sober person yet. That's like, Oh no, no, I don't want to talk to anybody about that. Oh <laughs> no. Like, it's my, it's my favorite so, thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all just so raw and open and like, unashamed anymore. We're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I blacked out and two years yeah. ago and it was ugly. And I mean, oh, yeah. it's just, we own it because it's what, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be where we are today. And, um, it's just made us stronger and 
More yeah, resilient. and it's nice to not not have to be hiding, you know, like mm-hmm. for so yes. many years. I remember growing up and hearing like, oh, so-and-so is an alcoholic and like thinking it was like a bad word and like you weren't allowed to talk about it and you had to mm-hmm. be anonymous. And I like that we're allowed to just be open now and just share our stories because I think it really helps other people. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. No. I mean, it's especially with the way it's, I don't want to say cram down our throat, but I mean, a lot of... Sometimes you just, it you don't really have a choice with mm-hmm. it. I don't want to say you don't have a choice, but everyone's different. And the way it's normalized, it's so hard to say no and to stop. Right. You're kind of set up from a very young age mm-hmm. and it's a society problem. And yeah. that's, yeah, that's why I'm so excited about all of us sober, sober people and doing the sober movement because like you said, I too, I mean, I have a 14 year old daughter that mm-hmm. age is very, very prevalent in my mind. And, yeah. um, yeah, she, she really associated alcohol with fun because I mean, I wasn't a mean drunk or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it still wasn't healthy and it wasn't, I wasn't the best mom I could be. I was pretty checked out. So yeah, yeah. she was really worried um, cause we, we had all the parties over here and she, she loved it. She grew up around that. And, mm-hmm. um, it was fun to her. It was like, who wouldn't love a big party every weekend? And all the adults are really laid back and you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And so she was kind of like, uh, you're not drinking, like you're not going to be fun anymore, but it's 10 months in and she's changed her tune and she's, Good. she's seen things differently. And, what I love about that is she is definitely a leader and not a follower. So that helps, I think with Mm -hmm. where she's way different than I was at 14 already. So that helps. Um, But we'll see. I, uh, I think all I can do is just be an example and, and be very open in my relationship with her so that I can, do my part in forming the next generation, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. And you definitely, you're being a great example. So very exciting for her that she gets yeah. to see you kind of lead and, and show that this is possible. Yeah. Um, I have a niece, she's 13. Okay. And that was a, a big thought on my mind. You know, I didn't want her to think her aunt was this drunk person who like, you know, and the fact that I've been able to change and just show her, how you can really live and the change is possible means a lot to me, you Mm -hmm. know, that it, and it did play into my decision to stop that. I wanted to be a good example because I didn't want her, you know, like you said, alcohol really increases the chances of danger for women, Yes, you know, going to parties, especially in their late teens and early Mm twenties. And just if she can have a glimpse into it's okay not to drink. I wanted to give that to her. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to drink. Like you, you can say no, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not required for fun. I have more fun now than ever. Yeah. Still, when I go to parties, I, I have more fun now than I ever did because I was so worried about drinking. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm not like, you know, I, I eat, I enjoy my company. I feel good when I leave. I'm in control. There are just so many positives there. Yeah. You can tap out early and go home and mm-hmm. go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when things start good. getting a little crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely the food part part is good. You know, I like I like eating my calories instead of drinking them. I'm a big eater. (laughs) That's changed too because I used to, and I never was stayed in a budget because I was a binge drinker. But that was always in my mind. Well, I'm not going to eat because I want to be able to drink these calories. Like, Mm -hmm. and now I'm like, oh no, I'd rather eat my calories and have dessert. Yeah. And really for changing your body, drinking calories is not going to do anything as far as, you know, building muscle and, you know, transforming and getting that physique you want. So, you know, the more food calories you can get, the better for that. Yeah, absolutely. I can attest to that. We're, I was just talking um, to Kayla on my podcast last week and she, we were talking about at the beginning adding things into our life and because we're already taking out the alcohol and, you know, that's very relatable to the, your fitness journey too, especially what I learned now with, with, you know, building muscle and all of that is adding in the protein instead of, you know, focusing so much on what you can't have that has really changed the way I see food because I mm-hmm. kind of had a very disordered way of looking at food and looking at foods, certain foods is good and bad. And because I tried every diet in the world, which then confused the hell out of me on like, cause some diets you can have this and some diets you can have that. And oh yeah. <laughs> so it's just been so like, I just feel like I've told Linda so many times, this is such a sustainable lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's so, I'm going to say the word easy because it is easy. Yep. It should be easy. It should, it's easy. It should be easy. Yeah, it it's enjoyable. And mm-hmm. I can do it every day and I see results. Yeah. And you look amazing. So it's oh, definitely working and bright and all that. So yeah. Thank yeah and you. I hear that from my clients too. They just say, can I just keep doing this? Like, are they, I, they kind of express me, expect me to like spring some change on them where yes. I'm going to be like, well, now you can't have this or yeah. now, you know, you yeah. And I'm like, here no, it we're is. Not now we're not yeah. doing this at all. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. No. So I tell them, I'm like, no, this is it. This is what you have to do. Like, you just have to do this consistently and it is easy. If, if you let it be, if, and if you take that pressure off of yourself and, okay. you know, don't have these strict rules and timelines and self-judgment and all of yeah. those things that just don't get you anywhere. Yeah. So it really kind of just sitting back and doing what you need to do. And one of those things you need to do is kind of accept yourself and not judge yourself and be kind to yourself along the way. And that's just a huge factor. And I've learned everything from Linda and Eric. So my coaching style and program is very similar to what yeah. they do. So I know you're in a good place too. Yeah. <laughs> I love the absolute best. And I love that, you know, you do what they do. I think so many people need to come from that approach. There's just so many coaches and different things out there where I think people go in with just end goal in mind mm-hmm. where they come in with like, there's no real end goal. The goal is to live healthy and you do that every day. Mm -hmm. And when you take that out, because I don't think there's ever been a time where I did a diet or fitness program where there wasn't like this set date where I was going to weigh this amount by this date or for this event. And when that happened, when that time frame came, and if I wasn't there, I quit. If I was there, I quit because I yeah. already made my mind up. That was the end. So now coming from it, uh, a, a view of this is every day for the rest of my life. 
it mm-hmm. does kind of give you a little bit more of a relaxed mind frame around it. And you aren't so hard on yourself because you know that like not every day is going to be perfect. And you know that like, you know, there's going to be days that you're really going to have to push yourself. And there's going to be days where you're just like, yeah, I'm ready to work out. So yeah. Yeah. And I think sobriety is the same way. And that's what I love about introduce that I introduced fitness when I did yeah, or in, in this style of fitness, <laughs> like the strength yeah. training and all of that, because it really has helped me, um, build mental strength for sobriety mm-hmm. as well, because it just kind of has taught me that mindset, I guess, around, cause it, it can go into anything, right? Like career. Oh yeah. Sobriety. It builds, definitely builds a lot of discipline, strength training and following the yep. a, stru- mm-hmm. a structured program because you know, you're, you're repeating it. It's repetition. You're seeing yourself getting stronger. There's no doubt that you're making progress. So it really does boost right. your confidence in that way. Yeah. Do you like strength training? Are you liking this style of training? Love strength training. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So do okay. I. <laughs> I was just thinking about it this morning when I was doing my routine and I'm like, I, I, I've done so many workouts where my mind was about punishing myself for all the things that I did. So mm-hmm. I would, why I'm working out, I'm pushing myself, you know, you're doing like hit or car high cardio, yeah. all those things. Yeah. And the whole thought process in my mind is I'm undoing the donut. I'm undoing the ice cream. I'm undoing the alcohol. Yep. And it was like, of course I hated those workouts. It was like punishment. Like I'm in there oh, yeah. punishing myself. These workouts, I'm like, I'm here today because I'm going to get strong and I'm going to like mm-hmm. be able to pick this up later. Or like next time I grab my groceries, I'm going to be grabbing an extra bag. And yep. <laughs> that, that it's so it's so it's just exactly the, the mindset that I needed um, to yeah. stay consistent because I've never, I've been doing, so I joined the clubhouse too first um, probably in February. Okay. And so cool. like I was, you know, I was lifting weights on my own in January. And then I had been following Eric and I was like, you know what? He's right. I need to do this right. If I'm going to be doing this, I want to do it right. So join the clubhouse. And then I was like, okay, I can't do Facebook groups. Nothing like that. Facebook group is amazing, by the way. Yeah. The problem is, is like getting on Facebook was really hard for me to get past like all the other bullshit to get like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I just have issues with Facebook and it's nothing against that group. And I don't want That's anyone to funny. think that because that group is amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. But I was like, I'm very introverted too. And I'm like, I don't feel like I was getting enough out of the using the group. Like I should totally. Um, yeah. And so that's why I hired Linda. Cause I'm like, I just need just one-on-one and yeah, it's been, more your, your style. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And it's been amazing. Like I've never been happier with my physique and fitness and my mental state around it. It's just been perfect. Yeah. It really does build you up in any way, every way. So I love strength training too. Cause I I was the same way, just, you know, had to sweat it out, like whatever I drank the night before. And there's nothing fun about that, about, you know, getting on an elliptical and thinking you have to go a million miles per hour so you can, cut out or sweat out what you drank the night before, which, and then, you know, it, it is for when it was me, it was literally like coming out of me, like the alcohol. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I know. Before. <laughs> so it's not a pretty scene either <laughs> at all. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I know what you mean about Facebook 
too. I actually have a shortcut to the clubhouse on my home screen. So that when I get on there, I just go Smart. right into there. I don't even have to like go through all that banter you see at the beginning oh. when you open the app up or whatever they're going to throw at you. Yes. Yeah. So I, I like the shortcut. That's been the way for me. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any other thoughts or things you want to No, say? I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me on. Definitely. You know, I hope people listening can just hear, hear our story, hear my story and just know that change is possible and that giving up alcohol was the best thing I ever did. And I think it would benefit a ton of other people out there too. Yeah. And I want to thank you for all that you do in sobriety and the fitness world in like selflessly just giving back. And I mean, you give out so much valuable content on your Instagram that people can, you know, access for no charge at all and inspire. And your story alone is just amazing. So I really, really want to thank you for coming on today and and sharing all all that you are with us. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. Same with with what you do. I know you put out a lot too. And probably like me, I tell myself when I'm making something, I'm like, if this just helps one person, it's worth it. It's worth my time to put this out there. So I I like to think that it does and that it's making a difference somewhere. So thank you for letting me know. And same to you, definitely. Thank you. All right, well. I guess we'll wrap this up and uh, have a great weekend. Cool. You too. Yes. Have a good weekend and happy Halloween coming up. (laughs) Yeah. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Mary. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss future episodes. And just so you know, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you and in the sober community. It's an easy way to do your part in normalizing a sober lifestyle. Because I truly believe that nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And that being said, feel free to reach out to me or anyone on the Sober Instagram community. Check out my show notes for my Instagram handle at This Is Steph Sober. My DMs are always open.